Hello, and welcome back to the Living in Jesus podcast. My name is Ross O'Hare, and I'm your host today. And today I've got with me Bo Brezina. How are you today? I'm doing great, Ross. Good. Awesome. And today we are going to be talking about fear and anxiety. So a topic that a lot of people struggle with and have questions about. And so uh, let's just start right off the bat uh, with an easy, simple definition of what is fear and what is anxiety? Well, absolutely. Uh, It is very commonly struggled with. And fear, for the sake of our conversation, is this when you face a really dangerous situation, a car wreck, a a wild animal attacks, Mm -hmm. uh, a burglar breaks into your house, uh, yeah. you're going to have these intense, fearful emotions. Yeah, it's yeah. fight or flight is what many people talk about, where you're just trying to react physically yeah. as fast as you can. Yep. Anxiety is future-oriented, worrisome thoughts. Some people describe them as intrusive. Hmm. You're overwhelmed with this feeling of dread or worry or anxiety about something that could happen to you or to a loved one or a situation you're in, something of that nature. Yeah, so obviously, you know, anxiety is prevalent within our society. So my question is, you've separated the two between fear and anxiety. Fear is more of like a response to a situation. How do I know if I'm dealing with anxiety or if I'm dealing with a fear of something? Sure. You know, I think that fear, you know, the way we're using it is a situation where it's a momentary, there's a span of time where you're facing some kind of huge threat and it comes and you deal with it and you respond, you overcome it. The burglar is not there. The police has cleared the house. Mm. Whereas anxiety, I think of as more as a chronic or a long-lasting phenomenon that seems to haunt or hang around me and could come and go to a certain extent, and it can even develop into anxiety-related things that I'm struggling with, whether it's fear of going into public places. Mm. That's uh, driven by that anxiety. But it could eventually become a panic mode where I really do fight or flight. And so I would think of it in terms of a long-term, ongoing, heavy emotional experience where I'm weighed down with that. Awesome. So uh, we've got some definitions of it. How does the world around us help us try to cope with these things? Well, obviously, there's lots of different tips and techniques that different people have to deal with their anxiety. Say if they have a fear of going into public places, that's exposure, getting exposure, having someone that kind of talk you through what dangers are real and what aren't not to everything to the comment of, well, I'm just going to distract myself with something else and try not to do it or try to push through it Mm -hmm. or have a friend support me in it. I mean, there's an endless amount of ways I can cope with these types of anxieties that we all face. Yeah. So obviously the world is going to come up with, like you said, numerous amounts of ways to try to cope with these things. Now, Obviously, the world is going to give one answer, and then what's kind of been your experience with anxiety, and how have you dealt with either personal anxiety or people that have come in to help with anxiety here in the counseling office? Well, I I mean, no better person to apply it to yourself, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The scriptures say, in this world, we have trouble, and I've had trouble in my own life, and I've faced worries and anxieties, and and actually, the Lord has been talking to me a lot about that in my journey with Him. I mean, the scriptures say, don't be anxious about anything, (laughs) and yet I found myself worried, and one of the areas that God has been really showing me is in the area of financial. Mm. Uh, Money can give me a sense of at least the feeling of I'm prepared for whatever could happen. Sure, yeah. And anxiety is always future oriented. It's not, I'm not worried about paying the bills or feeding my family five years ago. I mean, it's already in the past. (laughs) I mean, I'm worried about, well, what if I can't provide for this 
opportunity mm. for my kid, the education or the health care or the roof over their head, yeah. right? Yep. It's in the future. What if? And so what I found is, is that one of the ways I tried to cope with it is I try to save, you know, mm. and that's great. I mean, there's sure, nothing yeah. wrong with saving, yep. right? Except if it becomes my source of strength. Mm. My, one of my brothers recently told me, he's like, Bo, you can make a penny screen, <laughs> meaning like I pinch <laughs> pennies, pinch you know, so well, I yeah. save. Now, other people handle these anxieties about taking care of their family in a different way. They're like, sure. that might not resonate with them, but that for me is the Holy Spirit has shown me that I've tried to save as a means of preparing myself to try to mm. calm that anxiety of what if I can't provide. Yeah. And really what it comes down to is, is not so much not having the money, it's about what I would feel like if I couldn't do that for them, mm. which ties into neediness. Yes. And what I mean by neediness is this, I would hate to get to a point where, hey, I can't afford to pay for this need of my kids, a health Healthcare or education, because then I would feel ineffective or inadequate as a father, mm. not worthy of respect because mm. I failed in some ways. Now, we can rationalize that and say, oh, Bo, you're a great dad. You've always tried to take care of your kids. Sure. And you're not going to be able to prepare for everything. And I know I can't prepare mm. for everything, but what if I don't prepare for something I should have prepared mm. right. for? <laughs> right. Then I would not be worthy. And so my way of coping with anxiety is to pinch pennies in mm. such a way that I'm not necessarily depending on my on my heavenly father mm. for provision. And he says, don't worry about that, Bo. He right. says, I've got that. Yeah. But that would be one way that I would struggle with anxiety. Yeah. Well, so obviously, you know, the opposite of anxiety is feeling secure, feeling safe. And so we, we in our own strength, try to find a way to make ourselves feel more secure and feel more safe. And in your example with, you know, penny pinching and or making the penny scream, you know, in that example... It's an effort, a fleshly effort, to try to achieve and gain that security and safety that we have. And I think one of the ways that people have talked to me about anxiety is that you think about the worst case scenario and then go to what would that say about me, what you're talking about as an ineffective father, someone who is not worthy of respect. So if that's the worst case scenario, I think what can also be beneficial is, okay, let's say that does happen what does God say about me, right? And then we, that's where we get back to the truth of it, and so that's where we're going. But I think in this situation, what you're saying is that in your efforts to try to find security and safety, does that work? No, and that's that's why anxiety starts plaguing people in deeper and deeper yeah. and more chronic ways, because how much is enough? Hmm. In my case, it's saving money. But let's say it's about the opinion of people. I'm worried about people's opinion of yeah, me. Yeah. What are they going to think about me? And how am I ever going to be satisfied enough that enough people yeah. are going to think well of me because I'm going to have a new social situation next week? <laughs> right. And what happens in there? So it's never quite enough mm. in my own effort. And that's the problem, why anxiety becomes a bigger and bigger and can be life-controlling yeah. and paralyzing and panic can set in. It could consume me because there's never quite enough resources to feel safe and secure in meeting my own needs. Yeah. So that's the problem. And that's your experience with anxiety. That's why it plagues people. So what what is the right way to handle it? What is the best way to do, you know, in your financial situation, in that example, what's the correct way of handling that? Well, I like to go back to the passage in Genesis where anxiety all started, right? Mm. It was right after Adam and Eve chose to be their own God. You know, they bought mm -hmm. into the lie that I'm going to be like God. Yep. And I think what happened, you know, the first recorded words after they bought into that lie, Genesis 3.10, they're talking to God and they're talking about being afraid. Mm. So they hid themselves. They yep. tried to cope with it. 
And I'm like, well, why were they afraid? Some people are talking about, well, maybe it's, they're afraid of God's punishment and mm. his purity. And definitely he is pure and he doesn't want any sin to, to harm them in any way. Yeah. And there is consequences to sin. But I think some of their anxiety was future-oriented thoughts like this. I'm supposed to meet my own needs, but I can't see the future. Hmm. I don't know sure. how to get those needs met. And so what they're left with is fear. Hmm. And so the answer to that is to run into God's provision, run into right. it by embracing his provision. Yeah. It's me surrendering this idea that I could get my adequacy as a father from pinching pennies so that I could pay for whatever developmental needs my kids have. Mm -hmm. And rather say, God, you're my provider how do you want me to use this penny, knowing that I don't know the future, right. and I don't even know how you plan to provide for my kids? Now, that doesn't mean that I can throw pennies wherever I want to and just make <laughs> it rain pennies, you know? Yeah, like, right. I'm going to spend it all now and just... <laughs> That'd be it, painful anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be <laughs> But it does mean that I could actually open my hands up and... Mm open the hands up, let the penny in my hand and say, God, how do you want me to use this penny? Not to control and feel like I can meet my needs for security and my own strength. The answer is I am waiting and trusting you to guide me. It's the dependence. It's mm. an act of dependence. This is why Jesus said, he was talking to the woman at the well. Remember, it, you know, if you drink from these waters, you're going to thirst again. Mm. If you try to pinch pennies, you're going to be afraid again. But if you mm. come and drink from me, you will never thirst again. Yeah. Why? Because I will always give you security and respect and acceptance that comes through your salvation in Christ. Yeah, so I think the listeners, uh, I think the connection that has to be made and what Bo's getting to is this idea of anxiety is attached directly to a need, and, and an emotional, spiritual, psychological need of worth or acceptance or love. And once we can pinpoint that need and understand what need is at stake— then when we go to God and we understand that He's meeting that need, it can help alleviate and kind of help ease the burden and the obsessive thoughts that anxiety brings, because all of a sudden that need that is at stake is already taken care of by God. Yes, yes. So take social anxiety. Say, I'm worried about what's going to happen in this next social situation I get mm -hmm. in. The need is acceptance. Right. Maybe even, shall we say, love to a certain degree. You may not know the crowd very well. Yeah, that yeah. may be a little bit. But it's this idea that I'm acceptable. I'm worthy of acceptance. Yeah. So we go to Christ and he says, Bo, you are fully accepted by me through Christ's sacrifice. Mm. And that is the gateway to combating using the shield of faith is really what Scripture is talking about, putting my faith that Christ is meeting my need for acceptance mm. to defend against these intrusive thoughts about yeah. I'm going to get rejected. Yeah. I can't go to that place. I can't <laughs> do this thing because of uh, I'm just so worried about this, this social situation. Yeah, that's so great, Bo. So we've we've talked about how God meets our spiritual and mental needs and how we use the shield of faith. But what about the physical component? Obviously, we're three-part beings, so we need to address that as well. Absolutely. Spirit, soul, and body. And of course, we don't neglect the physical body yeah. because that does play a factor into this, this anxiety picture. You know, it could be something as 
our sleep patterns or our diet or exercise mm. that could all be affecting our physical body? Or what about something much more traumatic, like that really damages the brain mm. and, and we need some medical expertise. We need God's wisdom, how to navigate these physical problems, these challenges that play into anxiety. So mm. it's not just the spiritual and the mental. It's also we're aware of the physical and we're depending on Christ to be wisdom to us. How do we navigate this? Do we need to change something in our physical diet or our, our rhythms or routines, or do we need to seek out medical uh, insight from a doctor yeah. so that we have a complete picture, but it's all going to be depending on Christ for that wisdom, casting our cares on Him, and relying on Him to show us how to move forward with His peace. Yeah. How do we tie this all together? How do we give someone a final takeaway that if there's a way to really sum it up, how do we do that? Well, I think the best way is to look and say, is Christ sufficient to actually meet those needs? Do I just know that he has that power, or right. am I willing to go there with him and say, I'm willing to trust and really believe? And so part of it comes down to my concept of who God is. Yeah, exactly. And part of it comes down to understanding the neediness that we already talked about, and then part of it comes down, am I willing to surrender me trying to control to get that need met versus trusting in the nature and the character of God to do as he says, and that his acceptance of me or his security that he gives me is enough. That's so awesome. Well, Bell, thank you so much for helping us understand this better and really giving us a great example. And guys, again, if you have any questions, you can look at the Living in Jesus workbook. It has a lot of questions about answering the concept of God, our neediness, even where our thoughts come from and who's bombarding our thoughts. Thank you so much for your time, Bo, and we'll see you next time on the Living in Jesus podcast. Hey everyone, we just wanted to let you know that we set up an email address that you can contact us at, and that email address is podcast at cftministry.org. Again, that's podcast at cftministry.org. And we designed it so that you can shoot us your questions, or even if you have a topic that you want us to discuss or go over, we'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks so much for being a part of this community. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. The Living in Jesus podcast is a production of Christian Families Today and is produced and edited by Ross O'Hare and Ben Brezina. Christian Families Today is a nonprofit discipleship counseling, training, and coaching ministry focused on equipping men, women, and children in how to build biblically healthy lives and families. You can visit our website at cftministry.org to find information about our ministry, the Living in Jesus study, and other free resources. If you are encouraged by this podcast, it would really mean a lot to us if you could take a minute and leave us a review. This podcast and all our free content is made available because of the generosity of people just like you from around the world. Until next week, thank you and God bless.